News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete. I want to welcome to the program Mark Robinson. He is a candidate for State Senate, North Carolina Senate District uh, 39, I think, still, maybe. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Pete. Thanks for having me. Certainly. So 39, that's the number for now. Um, and yeah. so I'm looking at the map, although the map that the Board of Elections gives us um, doesn't, it just has all the precincts. And so I see it's got the Steel Creek side, that southwestern side. Uh, but where does it kind of, what are the boundaries as you understand them now? Okay, so, well, 39, now this is, this is a, <laughs> the map seems to be uh, kind of a biological organism. It just keeps changing and changing and <laughs> changing. However, I will say that right now I've kind of, um, it's, it's uh, the Park Road, South Boulevard Corridor. I've got, you know, Dilworth, uh, Myers Park, Eastover, uh, Foxcroft, and it kind of goes down to 485 and across over into Steel Creek up to just south of the airport, kind of comes back over. And I don't have Uptown. I'm just, just south of that, and it ends in South End. So okay. that, anyway, that's where it is now, Pete. I'm not sure how it will keep going. Right. Well, I will say that's like almost all of the areas of town that I've ever lived in in Charlotte over 20 years. That's like that's all like all of the places I lived is all contained in that map right there, um, except for now. Now I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> northwest uh, side. But uh, all right. So let's uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, have you ever run for public office before? Well, first of all, and first of all, I did have to check you. I had to look and on one on the Board of Elections site. You are correct. Patrick Cannon is running. Yep. Uh, for this at-large seat. And I also heard that Russia was shelling a nuclear power station, and I'm not sure, but I think those two things combined, isn't that the beginning of the apocalypse? It very well could be. <laughs> very well could be, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, that's yeah. great. I think one of them is pestilence or something, yeah. So, um, uh, I'm sorry. I no, that's to... okay. It's all right. Hey, if you can if you can deliver the, the jokes, I will, I will play the rim shot. Um, <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself. If uh, you come out of the what the banking industry, finance industry, right? So I've spent the last twenty five years, and of course, you know that your brother and I went to the Citadel together, mm-hmm. and um, and I actually uh, have been in the banking and financial services industry here in Charlotte for the last twenty five years, um, and you know, I, I think just in the back of my mind, so many times right after college, I worked in Washington for um, then Congressman Lindsey Graham, hmm. who is now, of course, Senator. And, you know, I, I did that for a short amount of time and uh, then came into this industry. But in the back of my mind, I think I've always thought that I might like to get into this. But what the Democrats are doing to this country, the state, and yeah, Mecklenburg County, I think it was just the kick in the pants not only I needed to run, but really, every Republican that I'm seeing in the race run. So it, that that's really why I got kind of got into this, and um, I kind of got tired of seeing. I mean, every time we go to the the election booth, you know, you see you see a, this long list of Democrats running in Mecklenburg County, and there are, there's so many of them unopposed. Right. And it's just uh, you know, at some point you got to step up and say, okay, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I can't, I can't stand it anymore. That, so yeah. I will say that's one of the downsides, or uh, only one of the downsides. It's one of the, uh, the the corrosive effects of cynicism, where people then get turned off from from serving, from running, and they don't want to do it because they're like they, they have a very dim view on all politicians, and you know they all stink. And if and if a lot of people believe that, especially on the right, then you basically surrender this entire area to your political adversaries. It is. 
so true. It's so true. And I, I think, you know, that's really what propelled me. It's what's propelling so many people, not just from the right, um, Pete, but from the center. And that is the quiet part. You know, 40 percent, uh, it's the fastest growing political party in Mecklenburg County and probably the nation. 40 percent is unaffiliated. That's the largest, and again, political party um, in the state, in the, uh, in the county now. And those are the people we're going after. Those are the people that are not firebrands on the right and the left. They're the people that just want to get things done. And, you know, when I, when I look at what people want, what people are thinking about every day, they're thinking about crime. I mean, you know, the, the, the statistics are not fun to talk about, but they've got to be attacked. I mean, we are the sixth worst city uh, in the United States for human trafficking. Um, you know, one of the things I'm saying is, you know, with crime is, hey, empower police. Uh, we don't need to defund them. We need to empower them. CMPD needs 2,100 police officers right now, and they are at 1,800, and that is dropping weekly. The worst morale I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, they want out. They're counting the days until they can get out, and we've got, we've got to start empowering them. Um, you know, and people, again, people here in the, in, the, in the district and, of course, in the county are looking for changes in education. Um, you know, we, we keep hearing about critical race theory, CRT. I know it exists. Um, so my saying there is, you know what? Teachers need to teach, not preach. We've got to start going back to the three R's, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic. Um, and also, you know, I think what we've got to do, too, is start fo- focusing on what a 21st century education is. Um, you know, a friend of mine get, uh, started myfuturenc.org about, I don't know, it was about three or four years ago. And this really is, is calling to account the fact that we spend so much of our time, you know, the, the North Carolina State Legislature is in charge of a, a budget, which is, you know, $25 billion and 60% of that is education. So, you know, we've got to start looking at the trades again. We've got to say, Gosh, we're giving $4 billion to the university system and only $1 billion to community colleges when we so badly need welders, we need uh, electricians, we need very practical trades. And for some reason, we just haven't paid much attention to that. So, so that's another thing. Yeah, and I, let me throw something uh, to you on that because I actually, uh, uh, about a year or so ago, interviewed a, a guy who owns an electrician uh, business and he said one of the pro- he, they started their own apprenticeship training program because the local community college was still teaching commercial electrical uh, skills to their students because the program was established back when they had like a major need for it for the big plant that was in the town. Well, the plant closed down, but the community college keeps the same program in place. So it's so there is a disconnect a lot of times between. Totally. Yeah, like the actual practical skills that people need out in the workforce versus what the community colleges can provide. It's, it's so true. I think apprenticeships, how, how better can you learn than from somebody, from somebody that's been doing it for years and years and years? But, you know, one of the things, too, is there's a requirement in every industry now for, um, you know, credentials or post-secondary degrees. And right now, I mean, there's a gap. We've got to close the educational attainment gap in North Carolina and, you know, I, I think that if we could, by the year 2030, if we could have 2 million North Carolinians with a high-quality credential 
or post-secondary degree, that would close the gap because right now it's about 600000 And again, the attainment of every high school kid is, I've got to get into the best college, I've got to, and then they end up in a gender studies program or something else that has no practicality whatsoever. And it's, yeah, we, gotta, we have to address it. Mark Robison, he's running for North Carolina State Senate. The website is robison4nc.com. That's R-O-B-E-S-O-N, like the county, Robison County, robison4nc.com. Yes, and uh, thanks so much. Nice to meet you, and good luck on the campaign trail. Steve, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Take care, sir. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Thanks again to Mark Robinson. And yes, uh, he went to college. He went to the Citadel and was, uh, I think at the same time, he was a classmate of my brother's. I did not know that. I've never met Mark. That was the first time I ever spoke with him. But uh, he asked, he reached out and said, hey, can I get some time on the show? And as I do with virtually all elected officials, I said, sure. Or, polit- or people running for office, I said, sure. And... Um, Mean, and then completely separately, my brother sent me an email saying, hey, I got a classmate running for office in Mecklenburg. You should look to have him on. So I said, all right. That was it. So that's the background. They were on uh, Summerall Guard together, which is the silent drill team. And so they were, but I, like I said, never met him until then. Seems like a nice guy. Best of luck on the campaign trail. As I said, oh, also the U.S. Senate race. Guess how many candidates filed to run for the U.S. Senate race in North Carolina for the Richard Burr seat? You want to take a guess, George? You want to take a guess? Take a stab at the number? Five? A little bit higher. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? 25. 25 candidates. There are 11 Democrats and 14 Republicans running for that seat. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Also... Um, over in the uh, 11th district, this is the the 11th that Madison Cawthorn was going to move out of, but then got redrawn, and then he went back to the 11th. And so, News Talk 1110, there are a bunch of people still in that race, but there are a couple Democrats that are now not in the race anymore. Well, welcome to the program, Mark Robinson. He real is tough a about candidate for we got state out Senate, North Carolina Madison Senate District um, uh, 39, I think, still, Josh maybe. Remillard. Uh, yeah. Mark, welcome to the show. That How guy's been raising money in the 11th <laughs> district great. to take out Cawthorn, but now Certainly. that Cawthorn's so going back to the that's district. The number for now, um, and yeah. so he dropped out. I'm looking at the map, although the map that the Board of Elections congressional gives campaign, us, um, and instead is going to run for precincts. And so I see it's got Eric Steel Creek, who was a high school principal out there in like Henderson County. Kind of what are the boundaries as you understand? People thought he was going to be the next Heath Schuler because he played football professionally, or I think yeah, I think he was a running back. <laughs> and he was a, a college favorite, will, local guy, made right good now, and all that. I mean, a very of, similar it's, story it's, uh, to Rose, Heath Schuler, except Boulevard, he became a principal and Heath Schuler, well, he ended up being a lobbyist, I think, for Duke. But anyway, same, basically the same story, right? So um, they're football players and that sort of thing. Gash announced yesterday he's out. And so they've all thrown their support behind this woman named Jasmine Beach Ferrara, who is an ordained minister. I'm not sure how it'll keep going. Right. Well, I will say that it's like almost all of the areas of campaign that I've ever lived in. 
in Charlotte she's over a county 20 years. So that's like, in that's all, like all of the places I lived is which, contained in that map right there. Um, except for a lot now, of people now, in Nashville I'm, I'm are like, they love Jasmine uh, Beach but, Ferrara. Uh, all right, so let's but, uh, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, have you ever run for public office before? Is well, going all, to be the similar sentiment shared throughout the entire area of Western North Carolina. Blue dot, sea of red. You know? Yep. So she, and she's speed. very, very left wing. I also heard that Russia was shelling she speaks a nuclear like, power station. Like very empathetically. Sure, those two she's things combined. She's minister, so she's got that, that whole kind of... She's not like a fire and very well could be. She's one of the like, <laughs> very could be. type yeah. character uh, yeah. ministers. And I think one of them is pestilence she's very or something. Yeah. Gotta so, watch uh, out for her, I will tell you. Uh, anyway, I'm so that's a look at what's happening out in the West. If you can deliver the jokes, I will play the Remember he gave a bunch of money to Michelle Woodhouse? So tell us a little bit about yourself. If you come out of the what, the banking industry, finance to industry, be the replacement, right. so I've spent the last much the same way years, that course, you know, the Mark Meadows lined up together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Linda I Bennett to be uh, his replacement, but then Cawthorn beat Bennett in a runoff. Right. So a lot of people were like, what's he doing? He's doing the same thing um, that and, you know, I, Meadows I just, tried to do to him. Just in the back of my mind, well, so many Woodhouse times, right after college, I uh, in Washington ripped into him for, on Twitter or Instagram a couple of days back. So I don't think she's going to get his endorsement this time. Just saying. Um, what and, else do we got? Uh, uh, I had the industry, but you, in the back of my mind, I think on. I've always I had thought that I might here. like to get into this. But this to me Democrats was interesting. Here it is. Doing Mike Rusher works for state uh, and, yeah, uh, some state lawmakers. County. I think it was final candidate tracking. And this is he says back of the napkin kind of man. But really, every Republican House district coverage. Republicans have filed candidates in 111 out of the 120 House districts. The state general assembly. 11 out of 120. So there are only nine seats they're not contesting. Democrats are not uh, contesting 28 seats. Over in the Senate, Republicans are contesting all but one seat. 49 out of the 50, they've got candidates running in. Democrats, they're not contesting 13 seats. It's one of the corrosive effects of cynicism. Now, to me, this is ironic. People then get turned off from serving, for running, and they don't want to do it because they have a very dim view in every race across the state. You'll recall, a lot of people believe that, especially on the right, then you basically surrender to, this uh, entire run area a candidate to every single district race it is so true. in the state. It's so true. And I, I At the think, same you know, time, they were really arguing to a court me. that the it's gerrymandered maps so prevented them from recruiting from the candidates. Right, um, Pete, but I just point that out. That is the it's ironic. Part. You know, 40 percent, uh, it's the fastest growing political party in Mecklenburg County and probably the nation. 40% is unaffiliated. That's the largest... All right, so what do you think? Does Patrick Cannon party, stand a chance um, in, the state, in, the, in his uh, run in the for now, Charlotte City Council at large? Those are the people that are not... Should we forgive him on the right and put him left? back into office that just want to get things done, where he you know, will never accept bribes again? As an elected official, what do you think? 704 and one 800 wbt eleven ten. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. At Pete Callender is the Twitter handle as well. Yeah, Patrick Cannon, former mayor of Charlotte, convicted on bribery charges. Showed up and filed to run for Charlotte City Council at large today as a Democrat. There are six Democrats, right now, and of those six, four, and that is maybe five, weekly. The are worst sketchy. Morale I think I've ever and seen in my life. 
Uh, they want out. They're I'm not sure Republicans could out. have we've got, we've got started sort of won a better lottery here. Um, you know, and people, again, people I mean, because think the, about it, the, the top the four votainers, remember everybody, votainer, not vote-getter, votainer. Um, you know, Top four voters. Critical race theory, CRT. I know it exists. That, uh, they um, they so go to the general election. Is, you know what? Teachers need to teach and not preach. We've got to start going back. I to don't the make R's. predictions, you know, but I so want to make. I'm going to make a prediction um, on this one, but I'm no good at it. So keep it in mind. So this probably means he won't win. But I think he's going to win. I think he's going to be. I think he'll finish. I think. I think. I think he's going to finish third. I'm going to say third. I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to help themselves. I really don't. I think they're going to. They're going to. They're going to wrap their arms collectively. Wrap their arms around him. Didn't he have the pastor at Elevation Church? Wasn't didn't he go to Elevation? Had the pastor come to his house at one point during all of the scandal? So if you get people pulling behind him at Elevation, like that, could be a lot of votes for him. I'm thinking third, maybe second. Only one billion to community I don't know. When we so bad, and I'm no good at this. But I've just seen too many cases of people. Who go down for corruption? For some reason, we come back and much get reelected. So, yeah. Meanwhile, let me throw something to you on that the the list here. I actually, uh, oh, so the question about is, about a year or so ago, interviewed a, a guy who owns he, an electrician. Uh, Should we forgive him and put him he back said in one office? Of the pro- he, they started their because own apprenticeship training such, program because such a the unique local and community college was still teaching commercial that we'd be lucky to have him back in order to fulfill that their students because for us the program was established back when they had like a major. Seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred plant that was in town. Let me give you the name of down. But the community college keeps the same program in place. So, so there is a disconnect a lot of times names in the hat and hats yeah, in the like ring the actual for practical skills that people need out in the workforce on versus what the community uh, county commission can provide. It's, it's We've so got Bonnie Brown, Alyssa Cates, Jackson Dumas, Beverly Earl, the former state lawmaker. Remember, she ran against Pat McCrory as well for, uh, uh, for mayor one time and, uh, and, right now, and lost. Maydean Fails. And, you know, I, I that's think an unfortunate that aim to be running in an elected million, office. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just some people like or post-secondary you know, you're made, degree. That would well, it's like Youngkin. Like that's a. And again, the was it? Mick Mulvaney said that because he said the same thing about his name. I know that about my name, too. Like and then they end up in a the name Youngkin is probably not going to be a president. Youngkin. It's just the name is it just doesn't. It doesn't land, yeah, we gotta, you know? We have to All right, so let's go over to the phones Mark here. Mark Robinson, he's running thing. for uh, North Brenda, Carolina welcome State to the show. Senate. Hey, the website is ah, Robison4NC.com. Well, That's R-O-B-E-S-O-N, like the county, Robison County, Robison4NC.com. And thanks so much. Nice to meet you, and good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Take care, sir. The goodness that goes on at our city council with them paying $50,000 a year to a person that never showed up, it's like you pat my back and I'll pat your back. They well, all knew she was sick. You that was county. Well, so just just for clarity, that was the county commissioners who were paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not the city council. Sorry. So go ahead. Oh, what? Was, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same down there. They all are so crooked. Why can't we get decent people in office? Well, number one, you got to have decent people willing to run, and then you got to run a successful campaign and that takes a lot of effort and expertise and a lot of luck. And uh, then you need to have people that are willing to turn out. And I think there are a lot of people, a lot of Republicans that get uh, cynical and they don't 
think that their votes matter, and so they don't turn out. And then they complain that we can't get good people to run or win. Oh, well. But we're also we're also going to see, do Democrats prefer corrupt Democrats over any Republican? We are going to find that out. Well, I hope they do something, because we do not need, if we don't have anything better than Cannon to run for office... Charlotte's going to hell in a hat basket. Yeah, maybe so. I appreciate the call. Brenda, thanks so much. Take care. Let me jump over here to Tim as well. Or, sorry, Tom. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. What's up? I don't know. I think it shows his arrogance and lack of, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Lack of shame. He has no shame at all. Hmm. Do you think he wins one of the top four seats? I wouldn't doubt that he will win. That's just the way Democrats are. This is what I said. This is why I say the Democratic voters in Charlotte are going to have their their they are at a crossroads, and they're going to take us all with them one way or the other. I'm just asking them: don't take us down the path towards being known as a corrupt city, because we'll never come back from that, and I don't want to see us become that. So, well, I hate to say it, but I think Democrats kind of have shown themselves to have no shame in general. Well, I hear you. I appreciate the call, Tom. Uh, I, I think, first off, Republicans engage in corrupt activities as well, just for the record, right? Um, once you get, if, because Cannon has already been convicted, he does become the Marion Barry of Charlotte. And just like the Marion Barry of Washington, D.C., forever tarnished that city with that reputation. And the voters put that man back into office. We all know that story. And if and if the Democratic voters put this guy back in office, we, too, will be known in a similar fashion. And I'm begging you, please don't make Charlotte known for that. I'm begging I just bought a house. I don't want to see the property values go down. <laughs> just kidding. It did occur to me that I did not finish reading the list of the names of all the people running for the open seat, which, by the way, like the county commissioners made it pretty clear that they're going to be looking to appoint a black woman to that spot because Ella Scarborough is black. So that that's what they said that in their meeting. So. If you're not a black woman, uh, good luck on the list here. But um, so I already read a couple of them. I got to Beverly Earls, Mating or yeah, Mating Fails, Jessica Foster, Stephen Jones, Irina Klika or Klika, Terry Lansdale, Mary McRae. Uh, she was a when she a union teachers union and then went to the school board. Michael McIntosh, Ayana Perry, Wilhelmina Rembert, formerly of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education, first black woman. To be the chair of the board of it, I believe. Uh, Marlon Smith, Jason Sorrell, Sam Spencer, Judy Taylor, and Yvette Townsend Ingram. There you go. That's the list of potential new county commissioners. As for city council, there are four at-large seats up for election, along with the seven district races. The four at-large means city at-large, means everybody in the city gets to vote, and whoever the top four votainers are, win. So each party runs its primary. The Democrats have a have a slate of six of these candidates, and four of them 
kind of shady. Not the, I mean, the biggest one is former Mayor Patrick Cannon, who went to prison for bribery, for taking bribes. He's running for city council at large. I think, I said this earlier, I think maybe he's a Republican operative. The benefits to the Republicans for that candidacy, I don't even know how you put a price tag on that. That's on that in-kind contribution. I don't know how you do it. Let me jump over here to Richard. Welcome to the program, Richard. What do you think? Does he stand a chance? Oh, yeah, he'll get reelected because the Democrats have a stranglehold on on uh, Charlotte, just like they do in Chicago and New York. I'm from New York. I ran I never for cesspool nonsense. But when you have uh, this unchecked power that breeds corruption, as well as a uh, low information voters and emotional voters, uh, I'm probably going to have to run from uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, too, someday. Well, and that is, and I get it, there's this tendency among a lot of Republicans to just, you know, pull up stakes and move someplace else. It's a live and let live kind of philosophy. I, I get it. But I think I think it's still worth fighting for. It hasn't been completely lost. I don't think so. Um, no, you're, you're, you're probably right, but uh, they just have such such power, and the voter base is a Democratic voter base, now, I totally agree. The Republicans, uh, and, and, and as well as anybody else, and I'm not really gang-affiliated. I just like common-sense policies. Mm-hmm. And But we have to articulate uh, uh, those policies to the everyday person, and I think we fail at that on, 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 on every turn. This is something that uh, one of the candidates actually running on the Republican side, uh, Charlie Mulligan, he talked about, and uh, Kyle Lubke talks about, he's another candidate, young guys, uh, that there is a a way that Republican candidates have to be able to talk with urban voters, people living in cities and blue areas. And the way that those candidates talk is probably not going to resonate with more rural voters. And honestly, rural voters, the rural Republican voters need to give those Republicans in the urban areas, the space to do that, recognizing that, You can fight it out later in the legislature or in the city councils or county commissions, but you're not going to have any power whatsoever if the Republicans are always in the minority. Correct. So, yeah, it's just it's tough. But then how far down that path do you go before you start losing your first principles? That's that's the flip side of that argument. Richard, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm curious if if uh, if Cannon does well. I really am. And and. This is really going to be a question that Democrats are going to have to answer. They're not listening to me. I mean, well, okay, maybe some of them are so they can, like, organize a boycott or something. But they're not listening to me on this stuff. But if you have your, if you find yourself, rather, in a conversation with a Charlotte voter, a Democrat or Republican or unaffiliated, I'm unaffiliated. I get to vote. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I just realized I get to vote in the Democrat primary. I'm an affiliate. I can go vote in their primary. This is fantastic. Oh, I'm going to get mailers. Oh, my gosh. This is a target-rich environment for me. Like, I don't know what I did. I must have been living right. I must be living right to have, to, to be here at this moment in time to enjoy this embarrassment of riches. Man. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just, it's, it's Christmas in March for me. It has been Christmas in March. But um, I'm going to get to vote in their in their primary. So yay me. But um, and look, this is something else. Maybe 
a lot more people could engage in an Operation Chaos-like operation and go vote in the Democrat primary as well. But here's the thing. There are so many Democrat voters in Charlotte, and specifically on the city council race. And this is why, by the way, Cannon, I have no doubt, this is why Cannon went for at-large. Because it's the only race where he gets to hide in the crowd. That's what he's doing. He's hiding in the crowd of candidates. Because if he has to run alone, one-on-one against somebody, he's toast. In a, in a Democrat primary, in a general election, unless he finds some really safe district seat, he's done. So he's hiding in the crowd by running at large. And Democrats are going to have to determine for all of us, and I don't like it any more than you do, but Democratic voters, you guys are going to determine whether or not the city of Charlotte gets branded with the corrupt city brand that places like Chicago and New York and D.C. and Detroit Now, maybe you want to be thrown into those categories. I would prefer not to. I would prefer not to. Now, uh, here's another take on that, which is from Hellion2172 on Twitter, who says, it's a political tactic. Make things so corrupt that only corrupt people run. You keep it bad, and nobody else will want to bother. That's a really cynical and, I hope, incorrect view of things. All right, that is a wrap. Brett Winterbull is coming up next. Stick around. I will catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Don't break anything while I'm gone.